Welcome to the Nutrition-ish Podcast, real food, mindset, and everything in between. I'm Allie Hobson, a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic mama, and clean beauty advocate. I work as a clinical nutritionist for two healthcare clinics here in San Diego and run my own business virtually as an NTP supporting women with their health hormones and body balance from a root cause approach. I specialize in gut healing, autoimmune conditions, thyroid, preconception, and pregnancy wellness by rebalancing the body with the nutrients it needs and the mindset it deserves. I'm Chelsea Gross, a certified nutrition and mindset coach. I support women worldwide via virtual coaching and creating a healthy relationship with food in their bodies. I specialize in freedom from dieting and restriction, disordered eating, binge eating, obsession and perfectionism, plus body image, confidence, and self-love. Remember our disclaimer. This podcast is intended to be informative and entertaining and should not replace medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. We're so excited you're here. Let's get to the episode. You're listening to episode 97 of the Nutrition-ish podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Allie and I am so, so thrilled to have a wonderful interview for you guys today with Chris. And Chris has her own podcast actually called the Healthy Balanced Mama Podcast. And I was uh, lucky enough to be able to be a guest on her podcast. Um, So we wanted to kind of carry that conversation over to Nutrition-ish and ask her all of my, you know, juicy questions about postpartum and just there's a lot of talk and questions. I get this all the time around um, body image and weight and how it relates, you know, to going through a pregnancy and experiencing all the feels with putting on, you know, weight for baby for very good reasons. But then also after postpartum, I think sometimes the assumption can be, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, get back to quote unquote, back to where I was before. And I really wanted to dive into this topic um, and how it relates to, you know, making peace with food and all of the things things like that, um, that Chelsea always talks about and kind of carry it over to more of like the mom version of this as well. So just because if you're not a mom, that doesn't necessarily exclude you from this conversation at all, but it's a question that I get a lot about and Chris being a mom herself, I thought would be the perfect person and co-host today to share, um, all about that, um, topic. So, um, Chris is, let's see, how do I, where do I even start? Um, I guess for her bio, she, kind of spent a lot of time in a, in a mindset that didn't get her very far. And then coming into motherhood, I think as you'll hear kind of shifted her perspective into what she does now, which is really helping moms simplify nutrition and kind of turn into their intuition. She also talks a lot about her beautiful balance, which I'm excited for her to explain kind of what that means to her. But, um, in a nutshell, let's see, Chris is a certified holistic health coach. She's certified intuitive eating counselor and a trained chef. The trained chef part, I'm so excited to hear more about because it's often times I think that you kind of hear the opposite story of people come into their own health struggle and then maybe turn into food or chef, but it seems like you're almost coming at it kind of from not the opposite perspective, but just a little bit different being so into food as, you know, part of your training. Um, Chris's passion is to help women uncomplicate eating and stress less about food to bring joy back into eating again. She works with women worldwide to help them simplify nutrition, tune into their intuition, and heal their relationship with 
food and their bodies and live a happy, healthy whole life. She is the host of, like I said, the Healthy Balanced Mama podcast, creator of several online courses, including Uncomplicated Eating, Healthy Mama Meal Prep, and her online intuitive eating membership for moms, the Super Mama Society. She lives on an island off the coast of New England with her sailor husband and her two sweet spunky Sioux chefs, Sage and Ren, where you can usually find her in her kitchen. So welcome, Chris, to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Allie. I am so excited to chat with you again. I had such a great time chatting with you over on my podcast, and I cannot wait to dig into these topics today. Yes. Okay. So let's just, I guess, dive right in. Let's go back to the the training as a chef. Um, I feel like that's every, maybe not every little girl's dream besides maybe like being a veterinarian, but at least in like our world where, you know, nutrition and health and wellness, like if I ever have a daughter someday, I'd be like, oh, please be into food. <laughs> Please love to cook with me. Hopefully my son will be at that point too, because there's nothing I think more attractive than like a grown man that can cook like a really good meal. So hopefully I'll be able to get him to that point too. But give us like a background on how, you know, you kind of found that beautiful balance yourself and starting out as, you know, becoming a chef. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you asked this question kind of from my training as a chef, because The truth is when I go on a lot of, I've been on a handful of podcasts before, and oftentimes I start when I'm talking about finding my balance kind of way back in high school. Um, But the part of my story where I am in culinary school and I became a chef, and I'll share more about that, it's probably the most kind of pivotal part of my story where I really started moving towards the, the woman I am today and kind of doing what I do today when it comes to helping women find balance and simplify nutrition and um, really found my love for teaching about healthy living and balance through food. So a little bit of a backstory. So I actually went to school. I went to college to become a dietitian. Um, I had struggled with an eating disorder in high school for the last couple of years of high school and the first year or so of college. And so naturally nutrition was interesting to me. And so that was kind of where I started my college career. And then about halfway through my college career, I decided that actually it was right about the time we started learning what most dietitians do, or I guess the different career paths that were available for dietitians. And I was told, you know, I could work in food service or I could work in a hospital or a dialysis clinic. And none of those things sounded appealing to me. And kind of having healed from years of disordered eating, I also knew that I didn't want to work in a private practice and just hand out diet plans to people. It just didn't feel right. So I ended up switching my major to um, sports nutrition. And I thought that, you know, somehow I would work because I was always interested in athletics and, um, well, actually, I should say I was always interested in running. I was never interested in athletics per se, because I am certainly not an athlete, but I was very interested in running and sports nutrition. So I thought that that was going to be my path. Um, So it was right around the time I had switched my major. And so my major was now sports nutrition and my minor was kinesiology. And I met my now husband um, and I met him at a party as many college students do. And it turned out that his minor were, uh, sorry, his major was kinesiology as well. So we bonded pretty instantly over our interest in um, kinesiology's exercise science. So our interest in sports and health, and um, we hit it off pretty quickly. And my husband happens to be Canadian. 
And turns out, us being both young, I was 20 when I met my husband, or I guess I was 19 when I met him, and he was 21. Even if you meet a pretty girl and you want to stay in the U.S. when you graduate, if you're going to school in another country, they ask you to go back to the country, your country when you're done with school, when you've graduated. So we had been dating for about maybe nine months at this point, and he has to go back to Canada because he graduated, and I stayed back home and finished school, and I was trying to figure out a way to go and be with him. And he was like, you know, my first really long-term relationship. He was the first guy I ever um, brought home to my parents, which is like a really big deal. (laughs) And so I knew that I needed to find some way to be with him. And I also knew that the path that I was on with school just, it didn't make sense to me. It didn't feel right. So I was doing some research and I was thinking about how much I love food and I love nutrition, but I wish that there was a different way to share it. And what I came up with was, well, what if I go to culinary school? What if I go to culinary school and learn how to cook this delicious, nutritious food and share food in a different way with people, share food through cooking? And so that is how I ended up in January 2010, moving to the west side of Toronto and going to culinary school, leaving that part of my nutrition you know, career behind and moving in with this guy that I've been dating for like a year and a half (laughs) in a brand new city, in a brand new country. And I fell in love with cooking. And I, I had always been interested in cooking. As a young girl, I have all these pictures of myself like stirring pots of pasta at my grandparents' house, cooking dinner for the family. But what's funny is um, my, my dad worked in a restaurant for a few years when I was young, but my parents weren't really big cooks. My mom grew up eating very plain food. It wasn't like we grew up in this house where the food was like really interesting or it was a really big part of our culture. It wasn't really that natural for me. But as soon as I was in culinary school and I was surrounded by these, you know, different foods and cuisines, especially living in a big city like Toronto. Um, I just, I fell in love with it all over again. And so I went through this culinary school program. And what's interesting is around probably midway through this program that I'm going through to become a chef. And I went through the culinary management program, which means I also learned how to become a personal chef. At the end, I started experiencing some pretty severe digestive issues to the point where at this point I had a student visa. Um, And in Canada, they have public health care. So if I had an emergent situation, I could go to the ER and they would take care of me free of charge. But for specialists, you have to be a citizen or a resident. I'm not exactly sure how it works, but I was having all these digestive problems to the point where I would take a 12-hour train ride home to uh, Rhode Island where my parents were to go and see a gastroenterologist to try and figure out what was going on with my gut. So I'm going through this culinary school training, falling in love with food, learning how to create this really delicious food, and all the while I can't digest any of it, and I feel absolutely horrible. And my poor, poor husband, this was right around the time we got married, we ended up getting engaged a few months after I moved to Toronto and we got married that summer. And I'm going through all these crazy digestive issues, going back and forth to the U S on the weekend and back to Canada, trying to figure out all of this digestive stuff. And really every doctor just came back saying, well, you're inflamed. You have IBS, you're irritated. And I'm like, okay, that's great. But how do we fix it? 
So I was offered several medications and I took some of them. None of them really worked, but I had a friend in culinary school who suggested that I go see a holistic nutritionist. And I was like, I have no idea what that means. They certainly don't teach you about holistic nutrition or holistic health in dietetic school, or at least they didn't a decade ago. So I went to this holistic nutritionist and she started kind of guiding me a little bit on different things that I could do to heal my digestion. And she was helpful, but you know, it kind of got to the point where she was like, you know what, I think I'm going to refer you to someone else. And so she referred me to a clinical nutritionist who introduced me to this whole new world of nutrition and eating and nourishing my body in a whole new way outside of what I was taught, you know, in nutrition school originally, which was, you know, macronutrients and a little bit on things like vitamins and minerals, but you know, it was like one class and or one semester. And then that was it. There wasn't a lot about healing your body with food. So here I was armed with this culinary degree and learning about holistic nutrition at the same time, working on healing my gut. And I was actually searching, I want to say it was on Craigslist or Facebook or something like that one day, one of those random places. And I saw an ad for an internship in a holistic nutritionist cooking studio. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is the perfect job for me. And it wasn't, it didn't pay anything. It was just an internship and I decided to go for it. And she called me back immediately and I started working for a holistic nutritionist in her cooking studio. And that is where I decided that, you know what, I would love to take this cooking knowledge and take this holistic nutrition knowledge that I'm starting to gain and turn it into more of a career. So I started studying holistic nutrition. And meanwhile, I decided to begin a business as at the ripe old age of 22 as a natural foods personal chef. So a few months in um, to having this job as a personal chef, my, my digestive health was pretty good at this point. The nutritionist really helped me get to a point where um, my gut was feeling good. I was eating in, you know, much better than I was in the past, but I started having all of these hormone issues start popping up. Things that I had noticed when I was in my early teens, but kind of cropped up again while I was studying holistic nutrition, decided to go off the birth control pill because I heard that it was like the worst possible thing for me. So at this point, I decided just to go off of it cold turkey. <laughs> Not, no doctor recommended that to me. I just decided one day I'm just going to like flush the rest of these. I'm not going to. I'm sure my husband was terrified. We were not ready to have a kiddo at that point. <laughs> So I started having these hormone issues and it kind of sent me down this spiral of healing diets and healing protocols because I had had this really great experience healing my digestion through changing my diet, through going on some different supplements, through learning how food could be a source of healing. And now I'm having all of these hormone issues starting to crop up and I decided, well, why don't I just take this into my own hands? which in hindsight was not the best move because I started going down this rabbit hole of all of these different healing protocols. You name the healing protocol, I've been on it. You name the diet, I've been on it. You know, I did everything from, I was raw vegan for a while to macrobiotic to, you know, all of, you know, AIP. I went on absolutely everything you could think of. And it really sent me into this place where 
I would consider it kind of a relapse of my eating disorder, where I was so obsessed now, not with you know, counting calories or things like that, like I was in the past, but with the nutrients in food. And I was so deeply afraid to eat so many different foods. I stopped wanting to go out to restaurants because I was so afraid that it would affect my digestion or it would affect my hormones. And I'm working as a personal chef at this point. And I remember making this delicious, nutritious, like high vibe food for these people and feeling like, oh, I can't eat that or I can't eat that, or I'd have like a tiny taste because I had to make sure it tasted good. But fearing even the food that I was eating, which was so, so sad to me because I had found this love and this passion for food, but I was kind of experiencing this dichotomous relationship with it at this point where I'm trying to heal my body, but I'm also really deeply afraid of food. So, you know, maybe a year or so into this, my husband and I um, are you know, time is blurry at this point. But my husband and I decided that we would like to start a family at some point. And he was like, okay, so what are we going to do about your hormones? My husband was like, knows nothing about hormones, you know, being the average man, other than his little bit of health training that he had in school, we decided to go and see a naturopath to see if we could figure out some of the issues that were going on with my cycle. And she, you know, did some tests and she was like, well, the first thing that you need to do is stop all of these. I was taking like dozens and dozens and dozens of supplements. She's like, stop all of these supplements for just a little while, start eating like nourishing foods. And just take a minute, just take a break. And within, oh my gosh, like six weeks, I was pregnant with my first daughter, almost unexpectedly, (laughs) because I thought that it was going to take me months and months and months. I'd actually been told when I had my eating disorder in high school that I might never be able to have children. And so I was under the impression that I was going to, and it was going to take me a long time and that it might not ever happen. So you know, I've been going through years of trying to heal my body and trying to become this healthiest version of myself. And I figured that I was just going to have the most incredible pregnancy, right? If I had spent so many years studying holistic nutrition and learning how to heal my body. Um, so it was, it was pretty shocking when within a first, the, my first few months of pregnancy, the first few months were pretty normal. You know, I had the morning sickness that went away at like 12 weeks. I I felt kind of tired, but it kind of picked up in the second trimester. But once the end of the second trimester hit, it was like one health condition after another started piling up. And all of a sudden, I felt like my body was fighting me again. I was diagnosed with gestational diabetes. I was diagnosed with gestational hypertension, which is high blood pressure. And I was just in complete and total shock that I had spent so long trying to work on my body and heal my hormones. And I was having this like really, really intense and really difficult pregnancy. But happy story later, (laughs) I gave birth to a very tiny but very healthy little girl, and my daughter is six and a half now. So, you know, those first few months are difficult for any mom, um, especially me, whose, you know, parents and family were thousands of miles away. And I... 
I loved being a mom. You know, it was this incredible new experience having this new tiny human to care for. And I was kind of past the point of having those struggles during my pregnancy. But of course, as most moms, especially new moms, are told, the next thing that I figured was the next step that I needed to take when it came to my health was, well, now I need to lose the baby weight, right? I think I had this notion that, you know, I had this really, really hard, this really difficult pregnancy with all of these complications. I had a really difficult labor and birth story, which thankfully ended up, um, you know, having a a happy ending, but it was really scary. And I, I think that I was almost mad at my body for having such a difficult experience with pregnancy and with birth. And so I decided that I was going to take control of my body. And I joined this like, you know, online fitness program, as there are so many of and decided I'm going to get fit. I'm going to get my post baby body back. And this I'm going to get my post baby body back period lasted for almost two years, um, where I ended up becoming a personal trainer, um, getting my certification in sports nutrition, um, going into this whole spiral into the fitness world, which, like I said before, I'd always been a runner and I'd been interested in sports nutrition, but this almost took it to the other extreme. I ended up um, competing in a fitness competition. This is all in my first like year and a half, two years as a new mom. (laughs) I don't know what I was thinking now, but I ended up competing in a fitness competition. And I had gotten to the point where all of this knowledge that I had gained from years and years of being in the holistic health world had kind of turned into a new obsession with trying to be the fittest I could be instead of trying to be the healthiest that I could be. And about... A month or so after I competed in this fitness competition, I woke up one morning and I could barely lift a 10 pound weight. I went outside like I always did. We had this little gazebo outside our apartment complex and I went outside to go do this morning workout like I did every single morning during um, my competition prep and I went to go pick up this weight and it was like my arm was jello. And I was like, what is going on? I've been, you know... (laughs) I've been squatting hundreds of pounds in the gym for months and months and months, trying to be super strong, super healthy. What is going on? And over the next week, it just got worse and worse. I couldn't lift weights anymore. I couldn't run anymore. I was falling asleep, sitting up, playing with my two-year-old daughter. I couldn't be the wife and the mom that I wanted to be. I could barely even be a human at this point, and I had no idea what was going on. I had heard about adrenal issues just from my holistic nutrition training. And I had a suspicion that there was something going on with my stress hormones just because of the stress of doing a fitness competition. And so I sought out a naturopath and the naturopath did a whole bunch of tests. And what was most unexpected, what wasn't unexpected was that my cortisol was absolutely in the tank. I had literally just worked my body to its absolute end. I basically had chronic fatigue. Um, and you know, she helped me kind of get on some supplements and, and made some recommendations for getting my stress, uh, hormone levels back into balance. First and foremost, stop lifting weights, stop trying to go for runs, start sleeping more (laughs) and start going for walks, which for me was like, 
what? I've just spent two years trying to become this super fit person. Now you're telling me that all I can do is go for walks. But the other thing that came up in my testing, which was incredibly, I mean, in hindsight, it wasn't unexpected at all, but was that my testosterone levels were five times that of an average man of my age. (laughs) I was 26 at the time and my DHEA levels were through the roof, both of which indicate PCOS which is polycystic ovarian syndrome, which lined up with all of the hormone symptoms that I had had starting when I was a young teenager that I had, you know, talked to my doctor about. And she basically just put me on birth, the birth control pill. You know, I had cycles that were 60, 70 days apart from the time I first had my cycle when I was like 11. I had my first cycle when I was really young and it was really heavy and really painful. And everyone told me that it was just kind of normal. And the fact that I had gotten pregnant really quick indicated that there wasn't an issue. So I just thought that I was fine. And when these test results came back, it was like this massive wake up call. It was like, oh my gosh, there's been something going on in my body for like 15 years that I knew something was going on. I knew something wasn't right, but I had no idea that this, you know, massive imbalance was happening. And it was kind of my wake up call there where I was like, all right, I worked my body to the bone to try and get this post baby body back. And I ended up being the most unhealthy that I had ever been in my entire life. And now I had this huge looming hormonal condition, knowing that I wanted to have a second child and wondering if I'd ever be able to have another baby with all of the stress that I had put my body under in the postpartum period. And it was around this time where I had started listening to some podcasts. I was listening to the Food Psych podcast, which is a really cool podcast by Christy Harrison. um, And a lot of it is on intuitive eating and learning how to tune into your body instead of following diets or plans or experts that tell you how to eat, but really tuning into to what your body needs when it comes to food and nutrition and movement. And I was intrigued, but I wasn't quite ready to hear the information until I got this crazy diagnosis of, you know, these adrenal issues and this PCOS. And I was working with a naturopath to Uh, work on healing my hormones. But ultimately, the catalyst for me really, truly letting go of all of these past years of noise when it came to you have to eat this certain way to heal your gut. You have to eat this certain way to heal your hormones. You have to eat this certain way to be fit or to gain muscle or to lose fat or to get your your body back after baby, all of these things that I had, all these rules that I had conjured up in my head for how I was supposed to live that only made me more anxious and more unhealthy, I finally started to feel the freedom to start to strip those away one by one. And as I started to strip them away, my body started to heal. I started to gain energy back. I started to eventually be able to go on runs again, um, not to punish my body, but because I love going for a really great run. I started 
being more gentle with my body. I started taking care of my body. I started actually allowing myself to sleep instead of going to the gym at 10 o'clock at night. I can't even imagine doing that now. (laughs) I started to eat those foods that I had learned about way back in the days of learning about holistic nutrition and being so passionate about healing my body and serving my body well, um, while also allowing freedom to eat some of the foods that I hadn't allowed myself to eat in years, like ice cream, which is like probably my favorite food, maybe pizza. I don't know. I really do love food. (laughs) And my body started to heal. And this was all in conjunction, you know, with, you know, I was working on healing from a number of different, a number of different angles, but I think I finally started to find joy in food and joy in eating again that I, I hadn't had in so many years because I was either obsessed with my health or I was obsessed with my body. And eventually I was able to get pregnant with my second daughter, Ren, who is now two and a half and every bit as spunky as her big sister. And the happiest part of the story is that I had the most beautiful pregnancy with her. I had zero complications. She came in an hour and a half. Wow. I literally almost didn't make it to the hospital. (laughs) It was a quick, like, unmedicated and not even by my choice. I literally came into the hospital, like asking for drugs. I was like, give me drugs now. And they were like, oh no, honey, this baby is she's coming <laughs> right now. You are not getting drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and now my two sweet girls are six and a half and two and a half. And I have found this place of balance that I never could have imagined from, you know, starting dietetic school 12 years ago. Um, to being in this place of having all these digestive struggles, to having this adrenal fatigue, these hormonal imbalances. Um, and long story short, <laughs> it really all came from, from truly finding this place of, of balance um, that worked for me. And that's what I do now. That's what I do in, in helping women find their own balance. And I really hope that the other women that I work with don't have stories as long and winding and as complicated as mine. Um, but my passion and my purpose now is helping women find that joy in food and eating again. Um, whether that means getting rid of those rules and restrictions around food, um, like I know Chelsea talks a lot about, um, or you know, finding nourishment in food just without obsession, but from this place of loving food and enjoying food and loving nourishing themselves and loving taking care of themselves. So that was a really long-winded way of kind of sharing my story from my training as a chef to uh, to finding my beautiful balance. I always try and keep it short and it's never no, that a was incredible. <laughs> well, I'm just like, I'm like, man, I don't really know what to ask you. I want to like dive into so many different parts of the story, but I think what's truly important is what we talk about all the time and what Um, I mean, your message is too, is like finding kind of that balance and finding that peace. And I know Chelsea, you know, says this all the time is like making peace and finding your freedom. But, you know, it's like for me coming more from like the scientific aspect, which I always do. It's like, well, what does that do? What happens when you find that peace and you find that balance? What happens? Your cortisol drops. What happens when cortisol drops? Okay. Inflammation probably drops. What happens when inflammation drops? Well, your blood sugar ends up being more balanced. Your thyroid 
thyroid's able to work. Your digestion isn't slowed because your thyroid isn't hypo. I mean, it's like the cascade of things that happen Mm -hmm. as you relieve stress and stress can be anything. Like you're saying, it's stress from overworking out and trying to be picture perfect and whatever that means for you. And maybe, you know, doing these competitions and stuff was like so much of a stressor on your body, like quite literally. I mean, and we know too, from like a body fat perspective, that's why it's so kind of like when I say, you know, quote unquote, doing air quotes of like getting your body back. It's like your body is doing this in this postpartum period or just in in general being, you know, not postpartum or, or being postpartum, but like your body is doing what it needs to do probably for a reason. If it's holding on to weight that you don't need, okay, well, that's probably your body protecting yourself and maybe there's weight to lose, but let's figure out the underlying reason for that. Or if you're postpartum and your body's holding on to things, it's like, well, yeah, your job as a mom right now is to, you know, traditionally provide milk for your child. And so that's what our body is made to do. Whether or not maybe you are breastfeeding or you're not, your body is still holding on to maybe extra calories and things to kind of keep your body feeling safe and nourished. So you can actually take a nap, go to sleep. Like there's all these reasons for things that happen. And so often we're just so eager to do things that Mm -hmm. kind of feel like, oh, well, the old me could do that. You know, it's like, well, the old you wasn't very healthy now, was it? And I'm talking about myself (laughs) as well. You know, going to college and being super, super into running as well. Like, I mean, my biggest thing that I would do, like after, you know, probably being out till what, like 2 a.m. at a party, I would like go for a run at 7 a.m. to like shake it off. I'm like, you were probably so dehydrated and like needed like, (laughs) just give yourself friggin' minerals. (laughs) you know, and some carbohydrates, but no, I would go for a run. And so often we kind of like do these things for so long that there's going to be a breaking point. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's like watching, you know, a perfect storm. And sometimes you do have to go through that mess. You know, that quote, it's like, make your mess, your message. Sometimes that's what it takes. But I feel like as coaches and as, you know, practitioners, ideally we can, help and support and inform because there weren't, I mean, podcasts is like a relatively newer thing. I mean, mm-hmm. when I was in college, there's, I, maybe there was a podcast thing available, but I'm ta- I was in college when Facebook was invented guys. So like, that's, <laughs> yes. you know, what we're going back to here, there weren't podcasts to learn about these kind of things. And so, I mean, the, the incredible thing is that there are resources to hopefully kind of like stop this from happening. But at the same time, you know, depending on your personality, sometimes you do have to go through these things to come out on the other side and, you know, find that balance just based on your mistakes. But, um, yeah, I don't really know where I was going with that, but I just started getting on a tangent. No, I'm nodding along with you over here because yeah, that was, it's, I, I love the visualization of the like perfect storm because I'm thinking back to, you know, being in college and in my early couple years of college and I'm nodding along with you. Like I would totally do that too. I'm like, if I'm staying out late, well, I've got to, you know, I've got to make up for all those things that I ate and I drank the night before. So might as well sweat it off. And yeah, it really does. It really does build. But I think, you know, to your point that we can always heal from that, right? We can always find a, a place of balance no matter where we are, no matter what our past looks like, we can always move towards finding this place of balance now. Yeah. So I'm curious to kind of get into almost like a little bit of the mindset, emotional side of being a new mom. And I think 
your experience is so valuable because you had one experience with one baby and a completely different experience with the other. So what would your best advice be to moms who are maybe on either their first or second baby, but they're kind of in that like, you know, very beginning stages of like, all right, I don't feel comfortable in my own skin. I know that I want to become the healthiest possible version of me, but I also want to move my body enough, but not get trapped in this like, you know, need to be something, you know, what is your best advice for moms to kind of like navigate that push and pull? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, it's so, so hard. And I think, I don't think I have best advice. (laughs) I think my first piece of advice is that, you know, just like you were talking about the, the cascade of cortisol and stress hormones and all of that, the number one thing that we need to do for ourselves as new moms is recognize that everything is new for us, just like everything is new for our baby. We have, and even if it's, if it's our first or it's our second, they are both brand new experiences. It is your first time ever being a mom. It is your first time ever recovering postpartum. It is your first time having a second baby. It's your first time recovering postpartum from second from your second baby. And whatever your birth story or experience was, they're all very different. But we need nourishment in that stage more than anything. And whether that's nourishment through food, which is so important, it's more important than I think, honestly, any time that we are so well-fueled, especially if we are planning to nurse our babies, uh, our bodies need nourishment because that baby is going to, and even during pregnancy, your body is rooting for that baby. Your body is going to give that baby everything that baby needs while you're pregnant or while you are nursing and your body's going to take from your stores. So if you are not well nourished through food, through rest, through allowing yourself to go through that time of postpartum healing and postpartum is any time after you've had a baby. So I am still technically postpartum, even though I'm now two and a half years postpartum. And oh my gosh, I read, now I'm trying to, to think of the book. Have you ever read Nourishing Traditions by Sally Fallon Morell? Oh, she yeah. has this, it's such a classic, right? It was mm-hmm. one of the first kind of holistic nutrition books I, I read. And she has a book on kind of pregnancy and postpartum. And it's in the same vein of nourishing traditional foods. And, you know, she, she talks about it taking your body like three years to really, truly, you know, recover postpartum. And I think so many women are in such a rush to get back to either to get back to their pre-baby size or to get moving or to, you know, get even just get out of the house after baby. And I think we all have different personality types and sometimes we need the, the fresh air or interaction with other people. And I think that that's valid too, that we, we lean into our intuition in that way if we need that kind of support. But I do think that it's so important that we remember that this is so new for us, for us mentally, and this is so new for us physically, and that our bodies really do just need to be nourished. And there will come a time where your body craves more movement where your body craves, you know, maybe different types of food. But I think leaning in to what your body is asking for, if your body is, and I'm speaking 
to myself as a new mom, I would not allow myself to nap. I think the only times I allowed myself to nap as a new mom were where I like passed out with the baby on my chest after nursing because I was so tired. Yeah. And I, I definitely was much um, better and I don't like to put betters on things, but with experience, my second time around um, with Ren, I prepared a lot of foods ahead of time to make sure that I had nourishing foods available for myself that my husband could just heat up because my husband is not a cook in those early postpartum stages. And because it really, it's nourishment is more important than anything. And I think there's this big worry about getting your body back, getting back to this place where you were before. But like you said, you know, there there is nowhere we were before anyway, because our bodies have completely changed. Your bodies have, your body has gone through something that will never be taken back. Your body is a mother now and she needs that time to heal. She needs that time to um, be nourished so that she can be the best version of herself for her baby. So I don't know if I have a best piece of advice other than leaning into, okay, your body needs nourishment. Your body needs fuel. Your body needs, if your body wants to move, then then listen to your body, but don't forget to listen to your body when your body needs rest too. And I, it's so funny. I know you had in one of the questions, the, the idea of, you know, getting your, getting your body back. And I, I also don't love this notion because your body has never left you. Your body has always been there. And whatever size that your body is, whatever size is right for your body to end up after pregnancy is the size that's right for your body to end up after pregnancy. But I think many of us go into it trying to force our bodies into a smaller size or force our bodies into looking like what we think they should in the postpartum period or what society tells us that we should in that postpartum period, like I did with my first daughter. And it caused this cascade of imbalances and hormonal issues and you know just overall stress but if we really, instead of focusing on forcing our bodies and we stopped fighting with our bodies and trying to force our bodies into this place that isn't natural for them in the time and instead chose to simply care for our bodies, we might be surprised how our bodies just naturally fall back when they're ready into that place that is right for them. And I know that that's not that like really cool, sexy answer that like moms want to hear. Like every mom is like, tell me the secret. Tell me exactly what to do to get my body back after baby. And I'm like, your body didn't leave you. Your body is still here. Your body will find the place that's right for her. Your job is just to take care of her, care of her the best you can to listen to her when she wants to move, to listen to her when she needs nourishment and it'll fall back into place. And you know, in my own experience, that was the hardest thing to do in the postpartum period with my second baby because I had gone through this crazy wild journey of health and finding balance and learning how to eat intuitively. And I had committed to myself and to my family <laughs> that I wasn't going to go on a diet postpartum, that I wasn't going to force myself to exercise until I was ready postpartum. And if I am being 100% honest, I was terrified that I was going to look exactly like I did when I left the hospital a year later or two years later. And I can tell you that two and a half years later, my body found a place that is right for her <laughs> without doing any sort of dieting, without doing any sort of crazy movement other than listening to her, nourishing her, taking care of her and moving and, you know, 
eating differently when my body started nudging me that it was right. Does that make sense? Yeah, I kind of yeah, went totally. on a little bit of a tangent there. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, and that's my best experience and advice too, is like literally just surrendering to this mm. is going to be something that you've never experienced before and your body might find a new happy place. You know, it's, it's not going to be, you know, what it was in college and nor should it be, you know, <laughs> or when you were in high school, it's like we were children at that point, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you're not supposed to be the same size. Um, and coming into motherhood is like this new role that I feel like kind of, I've talked about this before, but when I needed to kind of like gain that healthy weight to actually get pregnant, like I took myself and my personal emotions out of it. And I was like, this isn't about me anymore at all. Mm -hmm. This is about starting a family for, you know, something that my husband and I want. This is for my child who I don't know yet. This isn't about me. And I think having that mentality kind of through the postpartum phase has kind of carried with me to where it's not about me. I'm a vessel at this point and it's not my, my priority, nor is it my responsibility to kind of like care about what my body is doing aside from functioning the best it possibly can, eating the best it can to where I feel good, move well, and then be, you know, that person for this little tiny human who is like literally relying on my every move. And there will be another point at some point when I'm done having babies that maybe I can kind of say, okay, you guys are taken care of. You're old enough. It's my time to now say, I do want to be responsible for maybe more about, you know, how my body feels or, or looks or how strong I want to be or something like that. But like, now's not the time to do that you know, and I think like just surrendering to, and I also am curious too, you know, after like hormones come in, come in and out and things have shifted, prolactin is up and then prolactin is down, you know, like I want to know where does my body feel comfortable because I've all my mm-hmm. life probably forced it into a certain place or size and kind of coming into this like, you know, world of surrender, I'm doing the same thing with like, well, what size do I want to be? I don't even know, you know, I'm just kind of letting yeah. things play out and, you know, I haven't owned a scale for years, which I would say is another recommendation. Get rid of it. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you're in any phase of your life, get rid of it because it doesn't matter. It's just a number. And that's only going to cause a stressful thing or it's always going to maybe be in the back of your head or something. You know, I've heard a lot about that conversation, you know, just given the, the current state of being sheltered in place. And it's like, you know, people are making jokes about, you know, what is my weight after coronavirus and blah, blah, blah. It's like, who cares? You know, like your body will find its balance again. And this is just like a time and something that we can't control just as motherhood is. You don't know how you're going to react. If you're going to be extra tired, if you're going to feel like moving, if your baby's going to be a great sleeper and maybe he's not, if your baby is going to who knows, need all these other things (laughs) of your attention. You know, you just like literally have no idea. So it's kind of like, and I love, like, I love surprise parties. I I love anything surprise wise. So like, it's kind of interesting and fun to me to not know what's around the corner. You know, I know that's like a hard place for someone to be in if you are more kind of controlling and regimented and scheduled. But I think with motherhood, you have to let at least some part of your brain go you know, we were just talking about before we jumped on recording is like nap times. You know, it's like, that is a very key time for a mom to know when can I get stuff done? And when it doesn't happen, (laughs) it can like literally derail your whole day. Or you could just be like, all right, so that didn't work out. Let's see where else I could fit this in. You know, just kind of fitting things Mm -hmm. in pockets is the same way that you should kind of approach, you know, your, your size and what your weight wants to do and just 
let things kind of happen. And I think coming down to functionality and systems, is your body functioning properly? Mm-hmm. Is, you know, like we talked about like blood sugar, you know, like making sure that all the things are happening the way they should, you know, and, and then indulging too, you know, not worrying so much about, well, I shouldn't eat this because of this and blah, blah, blah. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, everything evens out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know my, my biggest fear when I was going through this kind of my intuitive eating journey, even before I was, so technically I was postpartum, but it was between my two girls and I was coming back from this fitness competition where I'd spent so many years um, or so many months obsessing over my weight and my size and wanting it to be in a certain place. And I remember taking my scale and bringing it out out to the dumpster with my two-year-old on my hip and throwing it in there and kind of wishing after that I had like videotaped it. Yeah. And I know that she won't remember that moment ever, <laughs> but I have literally not owned or I did get on the scale, but I turned around at the doctor's when I was pregnant because the doctor wanted to know where I was at and that's, I was fine with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't, I haven't known my weight since then. And it was the most freeing and terrifying thing for me because I am so type A and control has been such a big part of my life, but I needed to let go of the control in order to allow my body to come into the place that was right for her. And my, I know that my biggest fear was in, in early high school, um, really when I think my body was struggling the hardest with finding balance in in terms of my hormones when I didn't know that I had some um, innate hormonal imbalances and I wasn't doing anything about it. I wasn't a bigger body than I am now. And I think my biggest fear was that if I, that I was, you know, going to quote unquote, let myself go. If I wasn't obsessing over every morsel I ate. And what I told myself during this time was, is this what I would want my daughter to see? Would I want her to see me obsessing over everything I ate, struggling, staring at the scale? And I decided that it wasn't worth it. Mm-hmm. But I still held on to that fear that like, what if I end up that size that I was in early high school where I, you know, my body wasn't, it was in a bigger place than it was. And what I realized years later, when my body never went back to that place it was, was that I was one of, it was one of the least healthy times of my entire life. I wasn't taking care of my body. I wasn't eating the foods that nourish my body. I wasn't moving in a way that felt good for my body. I wasn't listening to my body. It was actually incredibly disconnected from my body. And my body found a place that was right for her that was different than where it was when I was training for a fitness competition and different than when it was, you know, really struggling with hormonal imbalance in early high school. But I had to let go of the idea of, oh, it's going to be in this place or it's going to be in this place in order to really allow her to find that place. And I think oftentimes we have this idea in our head that like, well, if I don't do this, then this is going to happen. But we really, truly don't know until we, until we let it happen and surrender, like you said. Yeah. And then surrendering is freeing that stress, you know? So, yeah. Well, I could talk for like hours about everything, but (laughs) (laughs) I guess kind of maybe to wrap it up, um, I want to know what does a beautifully balanced day look like for you now? Mm, I love this question. And I actually, 
intentionally chose not to think about it ahead of time because I'm like, all right, I want to be really, really authentic and share with you what, okay, what does a beautifully balanced day look like to me? So as we're recording, it is the end of May and we are just starting to come out of this whole COVID situation. Um, so my beautifully balanced days now look a little bit different than they did uh, maybe six months ago. But my favorite way to start my day is a little bit earlier than my kids. Uh, it depends on the day, what time that is and what time I went to bed the night before is something I've learned a lot in the last year and something I have probably been working on my whole life is learning how to allow myself to sleep. I am a go-getter. I love to work. I love what I do. And I would just stay up all night long working or watching Netflix. <laughs> and I've had to learn how to go to bed a little bit earlier so that I can get myself to sleep and give myself the rest that I need. Um, so sometimes I wake up a little bit later, but I my beautifully balanced day starts with me getting up a little bit earlier than my kiddos and doing some journaling. Um, that is like my favorite time of the day is early in the morning. I always have some lemon water. I do some journaling. I have my coffee. I do love my coffee, but I have switched to half-calf because it's better for my hormones and it's better for my anxiety. So I have my coffee and I have my time to journal and center myself before the kids wake up. And then I usually greet the kids in the morning and my favorite way to maintain balanced hormones and a really healthy mindset is going on a walk first thing in the morning, which I go in and out of because I live in New England and I am not going on a walk in the wintertime. I know some people do, but I am a fair weather walker. <laughs> so I love to go on a walk in the morning and I really do feel more balanced when I just start my day with a walk. And then I come back and I usually sit down and eat breakfast with the kids. More often than not, it's some sort of giant smoothie bowl, but it changes. I listen to my body and sometimes she wants eggs. Sometimes she wants a smoothie. Um, but that's a, that's a consistent. Um, I feel good eating a really nice big hearty breakfast first thing in the morning. And if I start my day with lemon water, journaling, coffee, always coffee, walk, and then a really great breakfast, I feel like the rest of the day, it doesn't even matter what happens. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's all about those foundations. <laughs> It really is. And the rest of the day, I mean, every day looks different, but you know, I work from home. And so I split my time between homeschooling and hanging out with my kiddos and working and doing what I love. And we eat some nourishing meals in between that change every single day. Um, I do a little bit of food prep every week just to make life a little bit easier for us because I want to eat the foods that make me feel good, but also have a lot of flexibility and, you know, my ideal beautifully balanced day would probably end up sipping a glass of wine with my husband on our deck once it's fixed. It's broken right now and it's really sad because I love sitting outside <laughs> after a really nourishing meal and the kids are in bed and uh, going to bed nice and early. But that's really, that's really my days. They all look different, but it really starts with a foundation that feels really good and listening to my body every single day when it comes to movement, when it comes to food. So I still run, but I run a lot differently than I did before. Um, instead of being crazy competitive, I lean into what feels good for my body that day. I take a lot more walks than I go for runs. Sometimes I do strength training. Every day is a little bit different and same thing with food. And it's just this really, really wonderful, beautiful place to be where I can find, I can find joy in food and in movement and in living my life as a mom in a way that I didn't used to before. 
Yeah. I love it. Well, we're pretty much twins because if that day ever happens, I mean, which it does, I mean, I feel very lucky I get to do, you know, a lot of those things. And that's my perfect day too, is, you know, starting out fresh, going for a walk, getting movement. I love to run too. And we're, you know, kind what is the saying? Is it kindred spirits or something? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. In that way, because yeah, I used to be very competitive into running and I think I was doing it for ulterior Gosh, I'm like bad at sayings. We always, well, if you guys listen to us more often, you know that Chelsea is like much worse at sayings than I am, but ulterior motives, right? Yeah. Um, for running, you know, because it was always, you know, push, 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 love cardio, love that high. And now it's like, I feel like when I'm running, I'm like Phoebe and friends where I'm just like running through Central Park with my hands <laughs> waving just because I can. <laughs> And I like maybe by myself or if I'm just pushing the stroller, it just feels so like freeing and I go very, very slow and I only run max two times a week. I don't go for very long and it's just like something I absolutely love to do, but I have to keep myself in check for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And finishing with a glass of wine. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. (laughs) So cheers to that. Well, thank you so, so much for being our guest. Um, You guys can find, let's see, actually, why don't you tell everybody where they can find more information about you? Yeah. So um, I hang out most of the time over on Instagram. That's probably the easiest place you can find me. I'm at Healthy Mama Chris. That's Chris with a K, K K-R-I-S, and HealthyMamaChris.com. And you can kind of find all my links from there. Awesome. Well, we will be back um, with some more new episodes. We're going to jump back into Chelsea and I had been doing um, every episode every single week, but we're kind of going to go back to doing that every other week because right now that is our beautiful balance and we just need to manage all the things with so much going on. So we'll be back um, the following week for a brand new episode, but you guys know where to find me, Allie. Um, And my new website again is AllieHobsonWellness.com and my Instagram is now Allie Hobson Wellness. You can find more from Chelsea at NutritionWithChelsea.com and find her on Instagram at NutritionWithChelsea. We'll see you guys in a few weeks. Bye.